Well, this evening we're going to pick up right where we left off last Wednesday evening, and we have been dealing with hindrances to answered prayer and the enemies of a successful prayer life. We left off last Sunday or last Wednesday evening dealing with confession, and that is wrong confession. One of the enemies of answered prayer is wrong confession. I'll give you just a few verses and then we'll move on. Proverbs 6 and verse 2, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken captive with the words of thy mouth. We all know Proverbs 18, 21, but sometimes we need a refresher and sometimes we have to work on it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. If you do the daily Bible reading, there was one today in Proverbs chapter 13, Proverbs 13, verse three, he who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. So sometimes we need a refresher and sometimes we have to batten down the hatches and refocus on our confession, our words in prayer. But a lot of times we pray in faith or we confess in faith and then an hour later or two hours later or later in the day when there's been a frustration at work or a frustration in parenting or whatever it is and we, we sabotage our confession or we sabotage our praying with our negative words. Why is our confession so important? In Mark 11 verse 23, Jesus taught us that he, we will have whatsoever we say. And if you'll remember when pastor has taught on prayer during the Holy Week revivals, or I've taught on prayer during the Holy Week revivals, we learn from Mark 11, 22 to 24, that we can simply say in faith and have what we say. And we've learned that we can pray, but when you pray, you still have to say, and it matters what we say, whether we're confessing or whether we're praying, and as I said last Wednesday evening, if somebody went to the cafe and got pastor's book of prayer, or the confession booklet, or they started doing some Googling, they'd say, well, this is all just scripture. It's all just scripture personalized. And yes, because the best thing to say or pray is the word of God Amen. and to say what God says. And I emphasized last Wednesday evening that the, the power and the answer and the fruit is getting into agreement with God to give up this thing of trying to get God to agree with us. That's not gonna be your answer, but to get into agreement with God. So you will have whatsoever you say in prayer, and you'll have what you confess with your mouth. Jesus said, you will have whatsoever you saith. So in your prayer life, and in your daily life, in general, confession is either working for you or against you. Well, I want it to work for me. So if you don't like your harvest or your circumstances, you've got to change what you're saying and change your confession and speak life to your life, not death to your life and circumstances. Let's move on to new ground. Another enemy of answered prayer and successful praying is hope. And you might say, well, isn't hope a good thing? Well, sure, we should be a people of hope. We should have hope, but if we mistake hope for faith, we will sabotage our faith, we'll sabotage our praying, we'll sabotage our making progress. Hope is always future. And hope always puts things off into the future, tomorrow. Faith 
Real Bible faith is now. It is present tense. The hoper or the man or woman who hopes always puts things off into the future. Tomorrow, next month, next year, and the, their, their lives and their circumstances never change for the better. The man or woman of faith takes action on the word of God here and now, today, to change their life and their circumstances for the better. And you might say, well, Austin, you know, we're, we're a full gospel church, we're a spirit-filled church, but we seem to be very different than a lot of full gospel, spirit-filled people. What's the difference? It's right here, and I'm gonna explain it this evening. The hoper always puts things off into the future. And they're, they're, you know, they would say, oh yes, I'm praying and I'm believing, but their lives and their circumstances never change. There's no fruit and there's no evidence because they're not operating in faith, they're operating in hope. They're believing, they're, they're hoping, hope so, maybe. And then that's why they're prey to, well, you know, we'll pour anointing oil on you or we'll, we'll do a particular kind of fast or we'll have a particular kind of service that'll fix all your problems. Their lives, their circumstances never change for the better. And the reason is they're operating on the basis of hope and not faith. The man or the woman of faith takes action on the word of God here, now, today, to change their life and their circumstances for the better. You've heard pastors say that the way John Osteen taught it for many decades was that we do all that we can do in the natural, then we believe God. If you're just quote unquote believing in believing God, you're operating in hope and you're not operating in faith. If there's no action, you're not in faith. If there is no action, you are not in faith. And this is why the Old Testament saints were commended in Hebrews chapter 11, the Faith Hall of Fame. They were commended because of what they did. They were commended because of the lives they lived. They were commended because of the action that they took for the kingdom of God, and that is faith. You know, the, hope so, maybe, coulda, woulda, shoulda. There are no examples of that in Hebrews chapter 11. Everyone listed in Hebrews chapter 11 is a man or woman who put their life and their destiny and their character and everything on the line to obey God and to live a life that was pleasing to God and to take action on behalf of the kingdom of God. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse one, now faith, it is the substance of things hoped for. So again, I'm not bashing hope. We, we ought to be hopeful. We ought not be negative. But there's a difference between hope and faith. And notice that faith, it is the substance of things hoped for. But hope is not faith, and faith is not hope. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, for by it the elders, all of those people listed in Hebrews chapter 11, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Faith is not hope. Hope is not faith. Yes, faith, it is the substance of things hoped for, but here's the difference, faith. Real Bible faith takes action here and now to see your hopes and your dreams become a tangible reality. If you're not taking action, if you don't have an action plan, you're operating in hope 
you're not operating in faith. And so whatever it is that you are hoping for, dreaming for, envisioning, believing God for, you need to have an action plan. And you need to be taking some kind of action every day, every week, every month, every year, e even if they're just little steps of action. You need to be taking little steps of action every day. Someone might say, well, I hope to live a life blessed by God with all of these things added unto me. But what does faith do? Well, faith actually puts God first. Faith is in church every time the doors are open. Faith lives according to the word of God. Faith does what the word says. You know, uh, there, there are times people need counseling and, and wisdom and, and those things, but you know, if you come up to us in the atrium and say, well, pastor, I need an appointment, we'll say, contact the church office. And if someone then makes the effort to contact the church office, they'll find out that there is a pastoral appointment form. And uh, what is that? Well, it's a filter. And part of that filter is for the office to ascertain if meeting with someone, talking to someone is going to be productive. Are you a doer of the word or are you not? Are you making any attempt whatsoever to live for Jesus or are you not? Because people come up and they want us to, I don't know, sprinkle holy water on them and fix their marriage. Well, do you go to the marriage and family Sunday school class? Uh, no. Do you go to young couples? Uh, no. Have you gotten on the app and listened to the series about marriage or done those together? Uh, no. Don't want to. I, I just, Pastor Austin, if, if you could break out the holy water and fix my problems. So too often, our lives and our circumstances don't change for the better because we're operating in hope and not in faith. So hope is an enemy of answered prayer. It is an enemy of operating in faith and receiving God's best. Real Bible faith doesn't just hope for the best. Faith is not hope, and hope is not faith. Yes, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the difference is Bible faith takes action here and now, today, to change your life and circumstances for the better. Someone might say, well, I hope to save money, or I hope that someday I'll have some money. Faith saves money. The man or woman of faith saves money. And as Pastor says, when he tells that story, we've all heard from 1988, even if it's just how many dollars a week, $5 a week, faith saves money. But, but people, they just do what they do, and they want us to break out the holy water or the anointing oil, but that's not gonna fix the problem. So these are the differences between the realm of hope and the realm of faith. A young man may hope to be married and hope to have a wife, but you know what a young man of faith does? He gets himself and his life together. Amen. He works on his appearance. He gets a job. Amen. Then he takes action and he, act, he actually asks one of the nice girls of FCC out on a date. Amen. Now this is not complicated. But see, if someone's just in hope, well, year after year goes by and there's no action. There's no progress. You've heard my father refer to how when we would go to Kenneth Hagin meetings, I would ask him, well, Dad, why is it there seem to be 
people at these meetings and they make no progress. Well, I was a young guy, 14, 15, or 16, and one of the things that I noticed is that at those meetings in Tulsa and other places, there were a bunch of good-looking young people in their 20s and 30s who were perpetually single. And I, it just seemed to me as a young man, 14, 15, and 16, you know, you know, match some of them up, you know, something ought to be happening. And so I would ask, you know, Dad, hey, you know, what, what's the problem? Well, it's people operating in hope so and maybe and not operating in faith. Faith takes action. Hope and hoping for the best is not faith. A man or woman may hope to get a better job, but a man or woman of faith takes action to line up that better job. And if it requires training or instruction or additional education, they make it happen. A man or woman may hope to have a better, more peaceful, loving marriage, but a man or woman of faith takes action to improve their marriage, little by little, day by day. You may hope to have well-behaved children, but a man or woman of faith raises their children according to God's word. They guide, they discipline, they correct. As Pastor and Pastor Sue say, they train and retrain and retrain and retrain their children according to the word of God. And all of that is spelled W-O-R-K, which is work. And I'll tell you, it's not always easy. You know, Jessica did basketball practice today and then picked up all the kids, which I was thankful for, and especially when she got home and found out the little one wasn't happy because Jessica, you know, the little one wanted a milkshake on the way home for school, and today Jessica said no. And so she was very, 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 very unhappy. <laughs> but again, it's not always easy, but it's work. But that's how you have the good result later down the road. Real Bible faith doesn't just hope for the best. So faith is not hope. Hope is not faith. Yes, faith is the substance of things hoped for. But the difference is Bible faith, real faith, takes action here and now to see your hopes and your dreams become a reality, to see your life, your circumstances change for the better. So stop putting things off into the future. Stop delaying. Stop procrastinating. Take the action you know you should take here, now, today. And this is true in every area of life. Whatever action you know you need to take according to the word of God, take that action here, now, today. And maybe you can't take all the action you wanna take, take some action. Again, the example of saving money. Maybe you can't save $100 a week. Well, surely you can save $5 a week or $10 a week, or $25 a week, take action. Even if you can only save a dollar a week, take some kind of action because biblically, we know God blesses the work of our hands. Amen. You know, and you might be new to Faith Christian Center and say, I, I am just getting started parenting according to the word of God. Well, if they're already teenagers or older, you, you can't get there in seven days. You have to step out in faith and begin taking a little bit of action here and a little bit of action there, course correcting the ship as you go. And as you do that, God will bless your efforts. God will bless the work of your hands. In every area of life, you gotta take the action you know you should take here, now, today. Hebrews 11, verse one, now faith, it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence 
of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Notice that a part of true Bible faith is having a testimony. Evidence, why don't we all say that? Say evidence. Evidence Evidence that the fruit of God's word is showing up in your life and in your circumstances. Verse two, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. See, do you have a good testimony? As believers, we're to have a good testimony even among unbelievers. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 4, verse 11, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your hands just as we told you so your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, that's those outside the church, unbelievers, so you will not be dependent on anybody. So we ought to have a good testimony. We ought to have a good testimony in our homes, marriages, families with our children. We ought to have a good testimony in our work, in our finances. You know, our, our, for whatever we do, and again, I, you know, to the church, for what you do, you know, people shouldn't be saying, hey, hey, this guy ripped me off. You've heard my father talk about how when you need work done, you know, you see someone, their business card, they got a fish, you're, you're, you're kind of not sure about that. Amen. We ought to have a good testimony. We ought to have a good testimony. Amen. And not just with our five favorite people, we ought to have a good testimony in general, even with unbelievers or outsiders. Do you have a good testimony? Does your life have any evidence? Does your family have any evidence? You know, I love Fred Price's original TV program. And I, I should have had them pull the clip just to use it as an illustration. But in Fred Price's original TV program, they had a little jingle, a, a cute song. It was the 70s. And I'm not going to sing. I can't sing. But it, it, part of it said, evidence. Does your life show enough evidence? And again, what's different about Faith Christian Center? Well, this is part of it. We're into evidence. And we're into the fruit of God's word showing up in your life and in your circumstances over time. And I say over time because whether it's in our finances or in your marriage or in your your parenting or in your work, it's not all going to happen by 3 p.m. tomorrow. But as you do things God's way and as you do what the word says and as you're a doer of the word, the good fruit of the word will show up in your life and in your circumstances. And to be frank, that's part of what people react to is the evidence that shows up in your life as you do the word. Because they're busy living in the realm of hope so and maybe, and you're busy in the realm of going to work, putting in the time and putting in the effort, and you're busy training, disciplining, correcting. You know, when they're little, when it's time, spanking, yes, you're, you're, you're busy doing what the word says. So the evidence shows up, and that's what people have a problem with. If I pray for someone and they say, well, I hope my, that prayer was answered, and I know it's not gonna be answered. The, the prayers of the hoper are seldom answered. We receive from the God, we receive from God on the base of faith, and faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. It's not about how we feel. It's about what the word says. That's why 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, quoting the Old Testament, tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. We could say it this way. We walk by the word and not by sight. We receive from our heavenly Father in prayer and in life 
on the basis of his word, on the basis of faith in God and faith in his word. And again, I'm not disparaging hope. Hope is beautiful when it's about heaven or Christ's return or the future or someday all of us be being reunited in the city of God with our loved ones. But in your present life and circumstances, hope is dangerous and hoping for the best is dangerous. The hoper is always a failure and they don't have any fruit or evidence in their lives. It is the man or woman of faith who takes action on the word of God who is a true success. And that's why Joshua and Caleb, they were true successes. That's why David and the mighty men were true successes. They got after it. They got after it. And that's why one of the workbooks for the champion builder groups is mighty men of God and not other things. Because at Faith Christian Center, we believe in getting after it and doing what the word says and doing something to change your life and your circumstances for the better. Bible faith takes action on the word of God. I may hope to live a blessed life, but I actually have to take action and put God first. People hope that their kids turn out. That isn't a plan. Or people entrust their children to this wicked world and hope they aren't brainwashed. I hope everyone sees that if you, you, want, you aspire to send your children to Harvard or MIT, hoping for the best isn't going to work. Amen. You know, chances are they'll come home and uh, they'll think that Hamas is a good thing. So hoping for the best isn't a plan. Or people let their children date and marry whoever, even unbelievers, and then hope they live for God. Hope is not a plan and hope is not faith. Now I'm gonna give you an example that pastor has used recently and explain it a little bit from my perspective. So don't be offended. Tell your neighbor, say, don't be offended. <laughs> Tell your other neighbor, say, don't be offended. <laughs> you know, recently, a young man in the church reached out to me and he reached out because another young man had contacted him, you know, wanting to do right and wanting to live for God and, you know, what do I do? Well, let, let's review the same five things you heard from Aaron Wood for 10 years of your life. And let's review the same 10 things you hear at Faith Christian Center every Sunday and Wednesday. And again, God is gracious and God is merciful and God restores. But me laying hands on that young man won't fix him being too lazy to come to church. Amen. Or him, not lack, him lacking the willpower to do what is necessary, to ditch the wrong friends. And I know that, you know, you might think, well, the power lunches or guys' nights are just for the men. But ladies, y'all can listen to all of those messages on the app. And power, Pastor's last power lunch message was phenomenal on this topic. You have to will your way to success. Jesus asked the, the one man in need of a healing, do you will to be healed? Seems like such an odd question, but it is a necessary question. Are you willing to do what needs to be done for your life and your circumstances to change for the better? Amen. So I'm for that young man. I'm for him. But I can't go stay at his house till he gets his act together. Amen. I can't get, up, get him up in the morning and get him to go to work or, you know, police his phone 24 hours a day and get him to ditch the wrong friends. 
I can't pick him up. I got, I got enough getting our family to church on Sundays. He can drive. I notice that these young people have no trouble going to a concert or to a party. So with sufficient willpower, they can come to God's house. Amen. So this is part of it. Consider false hope in finances. Someone doesn't go to work or they don't work full time or they're always changing jobs or careers or it's this scheme or that scheme or this brilliant idea or they don't budget, they don't tithe, they don't save, they don't practice good stewardship, they don't pay debt down. But then in, in our full gospel spirit-filled world, they, they want a, or they'll go to a miracle debt cancellation service. Look, I could pour an entire bottle of olive oil on you, but that will not fix you not going to work tomorrow. Amen. I could even have the office get us some special oil direct from Israel. That will not fix you not saving money. You might say, well, what's different about Faith Christian Center? This is it. And again, it's what John Osteen said. We do all that we can do in the natural, then we believe God. The hoper, they don't do anything. Hope so, maybe so. It puts all the action off on God or on others. It's someone else's fault, someone else's problem. That's why their life and their circumstances never changes for the better. Or people come to church and they're not taking action on the word, they're not doing what the word says, as pastor says, they'll want us to lay hands on them, or they'll want us to fast or pray or do a special January fast. We love you, so I speak the truth in love. None of that will fix your refusal to be a doer of the word of God. How come no one does 30 days of tithing? Or 30 days of saving money? Or 30 days of being nice to your wife? Or 30 days of going to the gym. Uh, you know, what, 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 how come nobody did a victory lap around the church with these illustrations? See, and you, you might say, oh my goodness. Well, see, my father's duty, my duty, we're, we're to preach and teach the word of God. We're not to be Barnum and Bailey entertainers. Our duty is to preach and teach the word of God and to make disciples. Now, we, we do have miracle debt cancellation at Faith Christian Center. We had that in 2020 when we paid off phase one in the year of the coronavirus. And we celebrated that anniversary Sunday, 2021, with burning the mortgage. But that happened because we took action on the word of God and because we did what God said do. But what if we never made any payments? What if we had never made any extra principal payments. You know, in the time that we moved down here and built this building and facility, there was another full gospel, spirit-filled church, not far. But if you drive by where that was at the corner of 20 and 360, it's all gone. There's just warehouses there now for shipping. There's no evidence that anything was ever there. And despite all the millions and the biggest names in the church world, there's nothing there to show for it. And the reason is they never made any principal payments. They never made any principal payments. And so somebody can say, well, we're gonna gather, we're gonna pray, we're gonna do this or that. That's not faith, that's hope. Faith takes action on the word of God. And faith does what is right and necessary and pleasing to God here, now, 
today, no matter how hard it is, or how difficult it is, or how unpopular it is. Well, I can't tell them they can't date so-and-so. I won't be popular. It's not about being popular. It's about doing what is right and guiding your home in a godly manner. James 1 and verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So faith is not hope and hope is not faith. And faith is not magic. People hope for the best with their kids, but don't raise them according to the Bible. Or they send them out to the world. Or to find a spouse, then they want us to fix them. Or people hope for the best and they don't marry a genuine believer. Or they, they, they marry someone, but they know, they know, they know, they're not equally yoked together. And then they want us to fix it. That's hope. That's not faith. And when people live that way, their lives and their circumstances never change for the better. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a child, so I'm spirit-filled. And you've heard me teach on praying in the Spirit during the Holy Week revival. Probably half my prayer time every week is praying in the Spirit. But as a pastor, I understand that if people never take practical action on the Word of God, their lives will never change for the better. Consider Paul's admonition to the church in 1 Corinthians 14, beginning in verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, and you read all of chapter 12 and 13 and 14, you find out that their services were out of control. Brothers, stop thinking like children in regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. So he's saying, grow up, mature. And it's what he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy, we're to have a good testimony. And not just among ourselves, but with outsiders, those outside the church. And then Paul gave these instructions for public worship services. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. Most believers are defeated. Most believers are defeated. Not because they do or do not speak in tongues or do or do not fall out or do or do not have prophetic words or visions. Most believers are defeated because they're not doers of the word of God. Amen. Most believers are defeated. Not because they do or do not speak in tongues or do or do not fall out or do or do not have prophetic words or visions, because, but because they are not doers of the word of God. And sadly, there's a kind of believer that they refuse to do what the word says, but they want to come to church and feel something to make them feel better about their life and their circumstances. You know what makes me feel better? My prayers being answered. You know what makes me feel better? Peace in my home or peace after I deliver the necessary spanking. You know what makes me feel better? Victory. You know what makes me feel better? Success. You know what makes me feel better? Having more than enough. You know what makes me feel better? Walking in divine health. And that happens over time as you are a doer of the Word of God. It happens over time as you take action on the Word of God. A biblical sign and wonder is not someone working themselves up into an emotional frenzy. A sign and wonder is someone being healed. A sign and wonder is someone being blessed in their home or marriage or finances. 
A sign and wonder in 2023 are children who live for God. A sign and wonder in 2023 are children who actually live for the Lord. A sign and wonder is the testimony I read this past Sunday. A man blessed with a new loving marriage after his former wife left him while he was in the hospital fighting for his life. His children blessed and doing well. A man's health and finances restored. That's a sign and wonder. And that is evidence. It's what that was in that early Fred Price TV program, that jingle. Evidence. Does your life show any evidence? Someone may or may not feel or experience something in a service, but that's not what it's about. We walk by faith. We walk by the Word of God. Why did my father and I teach the way we do? We want to see the fruit of God's Word show up in your life and in your circumstances. 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. I, I can't believe he won't meet with me and talk about it. I can't believe he won't just lay hands on me. I can't believe he won't pour anointing oil on me or holy water on me. That's not going to fix you not saving money. Amen. That's not going to fix you not being nice to your husband or nice to your wife. And in your prayer life, if you're doing 20 things the word doesn't say and you refuse to do it God's way, that's not going to fix you getting your prayers answered. You have to become a doer of the word of God. And listen, don't let super spiritual people make you feel inferior. The very same people who claim to have more of the Holy Spirit don't exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Look, if they're defeated and they want to send you their word of the day, you need to unfriend them and, and set them that you don't see their stuff. Don't let people make you feel spiritually inferior. And despite their super spirituality, they are often defeated in their life and in their circumstances. Hope is not a plan and hope is not faith. And people who embrace emotionalism to work themselves up into a frenzy, trying to get God to do something, they live in the realm of hope. Their lives and circumstances never change for the better. Hope is always future. Faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Why do a series on faith and prayer for more than a year? Why dial into to how to pray and what to pray and how not to pray? Because we want results. Well, we're not living in the realm of hope so or maybe or shoulda, coulda, woulda. No, we want results. We want the fruit of God's word to show up in our life and in our circumstances. And, it, you know, if you're like, oh, this offends me. Grow up. That's what Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. Grow up. Grow up. And I'll end with a very, very, very simple example. Jesus taught in John's gospel that in this church age, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. This is a basic, basic principle of prayer. So stop it with dear Jesus this and dear Jesus that. When you talk that way and pray that way, you demonstrate that you are ignorant of the word of God. 
And he might say, that offends me. As Paul says to the church at Corinth, grow up. If I'm, you know, and you've heard me say this, the Holy Week revival when my father gives me the opportunity Wednesday nights, if I'm going to get up and pray, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my time. If I'm going to come on Friday and Saturday mornings and and walk around the room for an hour and pray, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to just do it just to do it. I want results. I want answers. I want the fruit of God's word to show up. I have to do it his way. And that brings us back to last Wednesday. I have to give up my way. I have to give up my opinions. I have to give up my theories, my ideas. And I just have to submit every part of my life to this book and start doing it his way and start praying his way and start living his way and start doing marriage and parenting and family and work and all of it his way because that's what God can bless. And it's faith, being a doer of the word of God. I hope tonight was a blessing to you. Hope you're not offended. Hope you forgive me. We love you. We want God's best for you. Amen.